Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. We're so happy to have you listening, as always. Brandon, how are you doing this evening, buddy? Good, man. Uh, we're, we're, so we're literally doing this intro in the middle of the recording because of some sound oh, issues. Way to break the fourth wall. I, I know, I know. But I think that's that's part of our appeal <laughs> is how how natural, how you know, al dente we are. But, how uh, raw. Yeah, yeah, how raw. Uh, but I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm I'm almost done with this Flybird margarita here. Uh, but um, Wonderful. But Shannon, dude, Shannon, who is, is a conti- I, I'm happy that we get to continue a strain of thought in our episodes which is homeopathy yeah. and shannon is is dropping the knowledge i'm really really excited for uh for, for for what you guys are about to hear here yeah you know we just did that homeopathy episode with emily and now we're doing a kind of like you said a continuation of that discussion this is not turning into a homeopathic podcast it's still very much conspiratorial but with all of the covid news headlines like we mentioned uh about towards the end of the free portion here um, you know, Fauci's even kind of switching his stance yet again, um, which, you know, we get our we get our uh, thoughts out on that. Um, was, we start off talking about pine needle tea, which is this really interesting new phenomena that is sort of sweeping the conspiracy people's minds as far as, um, you know, something that could work for healing COVID, um, even helping, uh, you know, with the, the vaccine shedding and things like that. Um, may have heard about pine needle tea um, from another show or by doing your own research, but this is uh, kind of what we get into and we just get into all kinds of other um, health related things. Shannon's uh, social media is at creative light one six on Instagram. I believe she said Twitter and then uh, Facebook as well. Um, and she will talk to you for free if you want to just kind of get an idea of what's wrong with you. Um, you know, whether it be any, any kind of issue, um, she seems like she's helped all, all types of different people and, uh, she's setting up right now a way to where she can sort of, uh, diagnose you with, um, a list of symptoms, uh, from what I understand, nowhere near, uh, her level of education, um, as far as this stuff goes, uh, for me personally. Um, so, you know, get with her again at creative light one six on all the big three social media platforms and she'll hook you up. So um, with that being said, um, we appreciate all of her patrons, patreon.com slash dangerous world. You can listen to the full version of the episode for only $3. And then we are moving a lot of our older episodes over to the $5 tier. Um, so if you just uh, like some of those older episodes, you'll be able to get uh, access to those whenever you want for only $5 a month. And of course, dangerousworldstore.com check out the t-shirts on there i'm going to add the stickers on as well pretty soon and we are going to run a father's day sale those shirts are going to be twenty dollars 
Um, so uh, it'll be for the week of Father's Day. So stay tuned, uh, you know, support the, the show by doing that. And we've got some really interesting developments as far as hooking you guys up with other gadgets and gear in the very near future. So um, we will definitely uh, be keeping you all posted with that. But with that being said, enjoy this great episode with Shannon. Um, so, you know, Shannon, you were saying that uh, rather than dick pics, you prefer like poop pics, right? That's like yeah, something that yeah. you're really into. Yep. And then I will analyze that and I will tell you either what you ate or what is going on in your body and what you need to do to remedy that. <laughs> Very uh, are you in a scat porn or is that nothing? No. Oh, gosh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> No, I'm just I don't have that kind of relationship to poop. I don't. Um, <laughs> honestly, this all, <laughs> I love it. I like to draw with it. I like to, no. Um, <laughs> actually, how I got into what I do is that my son, when he was born, um, he's almost 14. He had a medical condition and I just wasn't happy with the way Western medicine was handling the scenario. And uh, that's what kind of turned my head in the direction of natural health. And that, that was my launching point, <clears throat> excuse me. And so one of the issues that he was struggling with as uh, part of the, the medical condition that he had um, was the poop thing. And so I, I, I feel like all we talked about every day, constantly day in and day out was how does his poop look? Did he poop today? You know, how often did he poop? What did it look like? And there were times where we had to give him suppositories, which for, you know, a really tiny little infant, that's not fun. And yeah. it was seven years that we managed his condition. And we finally got a specialist who said, you know, seven years is longer than most kids have to deal with this. I think it's time. Let's just do the surgery. So then after that, because of the location of where the surgery was, which was, I would, I would liken it to where a female has the C-section cut. Um, he had a couple of things happen there with regards to the surgery. And so afterwards, as you can imagine, uh, his stool needs to be pretty soft so that he didn't blow stitches or anything like that. Mm. It was probably the worst 10 days of my entire life was that recovery mm. period. However, poop was just all we talked about, you know, <laughs> it was, did you poop today? How often? And the poor kid, that's when he started locking the door when he was going into the bathroom and getting really private about it. Cause people were just all over that area for seven years of his life at that point in time. So he's been out of that for seven years, but it, it doesn't wear off. So it's like, as I got deeper into no pun intended, <laughs> but as I got deeper into natural health, um, it really is an indication. And I think that would actually be a really great show, <laughs> the elimination of the body and all of the channels of elimination. And when you really understand what that does and how the body is functioning, you start to really appreciate poop in a different way. <laughs> and, you know, not in a crazy porn sort of a way, but just really like appreciate a good one and understand that better out than in, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of the background and why I, I know so much about poop and I talk about it, but gut health is well, your gut's your second brain. Um, so it is so, so important. And that, you know, they actually do stool transplants. Have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. I have For not. people that have lost all of their gut bacteria. Um, in fact, my, my poor little cousin, she had a ruptured appendix recently and they did not remove it. All of that poison was just flooding her body. So they just gave her antibiotics, which I hate because they are called antibiotics against life. So it really kills all your bacteria. Well, that's exactly what it did to her. So she might end up needing to have them put in a healthy poop into her butt in through her wow. butt 
just to kind of recreate that that flora that's in there because we do actually need good healthy germs and that's what yogurt kind of does the cultures in yogurt the um kombucha tea i don't know if you've heard of that yeah. i've actually got hard kombucha right now that i'm drinking um because you know gotta walk the walk if you're gonna drink you gotta drink healthy uh <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but yeah you know, they, they do stool transplants I've tried those hard kombuchas and I can't get behind them, but I do think that they're better than like they're as far as health goes. If you're going to drink, that's got to be the healthiest way to drink. Yep. Yep. There's also, these are called um, flying embers. I'll do a little banana for you right there. Um, And it doesn't have any sugar or carbs, which is also straight up my alley. And I really appreciate that about it. The only thing in it is like 85 calories. And I'm sure that comes from the grapefruit juice or the actual kombucha mushroom that is fermented, but um, the alcohol is organic. And there's another brand of their seltzers, but um, crook and markers, they're also my jam. And they're not, they're not hard. They're not really like hard, you know, they're like white claw equivalent, but there's no sugar. There's, you know, very few calories, but there's still, you know, alcohol. So Wow, well, Shannon, the Segway master. Brandon, what are you drinking? We usually do this, but what a smooth <laughs> way to enter that. Thank you. Dude, dude, I can't get off of this Flybird's Baja Lime Margarita. It's super sour, but I don't have to do a goddamn thing. Show, just, show us the can. Show us yeah, the yeah. can. Yeah, show us. This, this, this yeah, is a little bottle this. here. This oh, is, cool. This is Sprouts, just, how, just to let you guys know how much of a soy boy I am. Uh, but hey. dude, I, don't, I, I don't have to do anything to it. Um, it's and and I guess it gets, gets that citrus hit that I really need in these uh, these summer months here in Arizona. So mm-hmm. uh, so feeling pretty good, man. How about how about you, Ryan? Hell yeah. Well, no, man. So I'm drinking. I'm I haven't been getting very much sleep lately, and so I'm drinking my coffee uh, with some Jack Daniels and some amaretto cream. It's delicious. Here you so go. It's a it's a great way to stay awake. Um, so if I get a little crazy by the end of this, if I seem hyper. That is exactly why. Um, it's a little bit of a dirty girl, isn't it? That it drink. is, but it's fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy the coffee with the caffeine because it kind of like negates how drunk you are until you stand up and then you, it just <laughs> hits you. So I'm ready. For, <laughs> I'm ready for a long night here. But, you know, um, we were, we were kind of talking a little bit before about, um, you know, some of the, <laughs> the craziness with COVID. Obviously, it's one of these topics lately that's been kind of pounded so much down people's throats, whether it be propaganda whether it be people warning about the vaccine risks or, or whatever the case may be. Um, something new that came up, though, was this pine needle tea remedy, which I found very interesting. The first place that I ever heard about it was from Mike Adams uh, of the Situation Update. I'm not sure if you listen to that, Shannon. Um, I haven't yet. It's great. And I recommend it to anyone. You know, we talked with Emily just a little while ago about, um, you know, similar kind of more homeopathic, uh, you know, treatments versus the traditional pharmaceutical nonsense that's that's getting pushed on us. Um, and I went in, I've been trying to kind of get more information firsthand because uh, you can't really know what to trust. So I go to a local um, grocery store pharmacy and ask for the inserts for the COVID-19 vaccine. She looked at me like I was crazy, which was a little concerning, right? Like she didn't even know what I was talking about. And she gave me these. Mm-hmm. She gave me fact sheets. Um, <clears throat> bunch of propaganda yeah. on here. Um, really, they're not, even when they list the ingredients, they're not listing all the ingredients you can tell because they only list about 10 things. Um, and it's all things like like sodium chloride, uh, sucrose, things like that, which you, you look at it and you're like, this isn't half the food I eat. So it's not concerning to a lot right. of people when they see those kinds of things. Um, 
but I mean, talk to us a little bit about this pine needle tea, because I find it very interesting that that something as simple as just tree needles could help with this deadly pandemic. Absolutely. And, you know, really quick, what you got was the talking points. <clears throat> you did not get the insert for the actual vaccine. Exactly. Um, they give the talking points so that it's palatable to the public so that you'll buy it and that you'll you'll be like, oh, super low. So that's exactly what I'm drinking in pretty much every beverage that I imbibe. And um, so that is really right up my alley and why I chose traditional naturopathy like I did. So you guys have touched on in previous shows, the whole germ theory versus terrain theory. That's one of the common divisions between Western medicine and I would say tradi traditional naturopathy. And um, one of the other things is, and I, I like to joke about this, honestly, because I think it's hilarious. I think I'm hilarious, but um, <laughs> I would have probably been burned with witches back in the day. So anything that you use in terms of what comes from the earth as an herbal remedy, you know, back then they were actually burning people for it because they were calling it potions, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. However, that's essentially my line of work, you know, tinctures and coming up with um, pumice or, you know, like they're herbal bags that you can put on a wound for healing and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, I am a master herbalist as well. That's one of the credentials that I hold. And so this is something that definitely resonates with me. And, and I immediately, I actually heard it from Dr. Judy Mikovits, um, who I love. And I think she's fantastic. And she gave a really great teaching. There's a new video out where she's specifically talking about this and she was the one that I heard uh, talk about suramin too. So I'm going to touch on that. I don't know if you guys have heard that piece of it yet, but um, so pine is one of the, it's from the conifer family. I'm going to give you a little bit of science, um, just a background on pine. And I'll give you a little bit of um, the scientific properties and why it works. And that will kind of help you understand then why the pine needles, because one of the things, one of the modalities that I use is essential oils. And there, there is a difference. There are pure essential oils and there's the adulterated crap that you're going to buy in the grocery store. Now, um, let me just say, whatever you pay for is what you're going to get. If you buy cheap, you're going to, to get some bad things in there. Um, if you're going to pay for good quality oils, you are paying for the process to keep that pure. And so that's just a little tip from me to your listeners here. So pine actually was first investigated by Hippocrates, the father of Western medicine for the benefits to the respiratory system. So that's one of the bodily systems that it, it uh, speaks to, if you will. It has antiseptic properties. It was used in massage for stressed joints. When combined with eucalyptus globulus, that's just one of the varietal types of eucalyptus, the actions are enhanced. So you can actually uh, amplify the effects of pine. And Native Americans would stuff their mattresses with pine needles to repel lice or fleas. That's very important because when you're talking mm. about parasites or critters, as I like to call them, um, that was one of the things that they used to repel those. They would use it to also reduce coughs and fevers. Um, it was also used as an ointment for skin conditions and also used to prevent scurvy, which is interesting because we found out that vitamin C actually also cures scurvy. So to yeah. see that pine needles or pine actually cool medicinal properties, it's very hormone like, so it can mimic a hormone uh, naturally speaking. It is anti-diabetic. It has cortisone like properties. It is antiseptic 
for pulmonary, urinary, and hepatic. And it is lymph, it's a lymphatic stimulant. Um, so the phlegm and the mucus, ooh, I smacked my microphone. Um, it, for your, you know, tonsils, your lymph nodes, and that, that system in the body, the lymph system, um, it's a stimulant, which is great because you want your lymph to constantly be cycling through your body. You do not want stagnant lymph. And I can get into that in a little bit here. It's antimicrobial and antifungal and antibacterial. It's antineuralgic. It's antiviral. I think I might've said that. Um, it's, it's an expectorant and a stimulant for the adrenal cortex, the circulatory system and the nervous system. So it's wow. got some neural properties. So as you can kind of see some of the side effects that we've been seeing from people that have taken the jab um, have been unfortunately neurological issues. Um, a lot of shaking and, and having loss of control. Um, so here's, here's my caution. You've got to be aware of pine oils that are adulterated with turpentine because turpentine is a low cost, potentially hazardous filler. It most likely will not say the word turpentine on it, but what you want to look for is 100% pure and look at the ingredient list because I will tell you the FDA allows uh, companies to put 100% pure on their label if there's only up to 3% pure ingredients in it. So you really do need to check and make sure that you're observing what you're buying. So uh, some other things that it was used for was for throat, lung, sinus infections. Um, it was used for rheumatism and arthritis, skin parasites, urinary tract infection. Uh, it also might help dilate and open the respiratory system in the bronchial tract, which is very, very important. And, and with regarding, like regarding colds, coughs, and all of that, when it opens that up, that allows the phlegm to come out. Um, mm. You know, when you think of pneumonias and things that cause fluid in the lungs or like a buildup of mucus, this opens that up and helps pull that out. Um, it also addresses cystitis, fatigue. Um, <laughs> this one's funny, excessive sweating of the feet. <laughs> so if you have that, pine <laughs> healthy, is your oil. Healthy, yeah. <laughs> My feet yeah, stink want... after I'm done working. So maybe I need that. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, doing, though, you, right? do, you yeah. need a detox. Yep. Yep. You need a detox and coming out mm. your feet is actually one of the ways that we can pull toxins out of the body. It's pretty cool. And, um, flu, gout, nervous exhaustion, scabies, skin parasites, like I said before, sores and stress. It's so when you go on, I don't know if you guys hike, but a lot of people really love getting out in nature and going on hikes. And some people don't really understand why other than it's just a way to unplug and get out in nature. But when you're around the conifer trees, the scent is what really speaks to your body and it allows you to relax and just enjoy yourself and, and truly unplug. A lot of times people don't understand that that's what's getting them about wow. being in that environment. But, um, you know, that was what I, I tell people all the time. God put Adam and Eve in a garden for a reason. He didn't put them in a house or a cave. He put them in a garden. So these things are meant to help us and always were meant to help the human body heal. Um, and as you know, trees create the oxygen and they feed off of our carbon dioxide and the, the junk, which I think is so fantastic that we are part of this ecosystem on earth where we help the plants yeah. survive, but they also then feed us and provide us oxygen. I, I just think that's kind of cool. That's what's really um, kind of so interesting pine is about, high in vitamin sorry to cut you off. We got a little delay here, but yeah, no, no. like uh, that's, what's really interesting to me about the, uh, the global warming push, like the man-made global warming, where they're saying that humans are creating too much carbon dioxide. A lot of people think it's carbon monoxide, um, but if there was just a bunch of carbon dioxide, which we actually, uh, you know, like you said, we breathe that out. 
we don't breathe in as much oxygen as we think we do, right? It's uh, oxygen's a small percentage of what we actually breathe in. We found this out kind of researching some scuba accident that happened in uh, Russia. I think it was Lake Baikal. Um, but I just find it interesting that they're trying to get rid of carbon dioxide, um, which is going to kind of fuck up a lot for the, the world, really. But sorry. To well, you. I mean, you know, you're fine. And, you know, if you think about everything that they're doing, so put the mask on, you can't get the small amount of oxygen that you were supposed to get. Yeah. Stay inside your house. Well, there's, uh, you know, you're just kind of breathing recycled air if you're not opening the windows. There is something about us needing to be outside and, and putting our feet on the earth and grounding and getting that magnetic energy. Um, we have magnetic energy as does the earth. We belong on the earth. And so every now and then, especially because of how our civilization lives, we need connection to that. And those are some of the points that are taken away when they put the face masks on and they make you stay inside and they keep you away from other people. Um, yeah. But exactly that too, that without us being out, you know, breathing in nature, uh, you know, collectively, because just my breath isn't going to make a forest grow. But <laughs> really, it, you know, that's what's going to that's what's going to do exactly what they're trying to tell you is happening with regards to global warming. So, oh, the trees are all dying out. Well, let us outside and we'll yeah. fix that. You know, um, there is a natural process and rhythm to how this is supposed to work and how the earth and us are supposed to survive and live. Yeah, it seems so, like we've been constantly um, sort of populating and it's all kind of working out the way it's supposed to. It seems like, right? I'm not the bit, the most religious person, um, consider myself mm -hmm. agnostic, but like I do feel like whether you believe in the universe controls your destiny or God or whatever you believe in, it seems like everything has gone to a certain point. And then we have like these self, self, uh, not like non elected leaders, you know, Fauci and people like this that are, and Gates, Bill Gates. <laughs> trying to yeah. you know tell us like basically disrupt that that evolution of of human uh humans pr uh, participation in this cycle that you talk about so that's that's interesting that you bring yeah. that up i think yeah. that's a and they know it and they absolutely know it i think that, that's an important point to talk, talk uh, about shannon here because emily uh we were getting into with getting into it with her about this concept of there being some like homeostasis some some balance that humans are are meant to to meet. I tend to think that while that appeals to the to common sense, um, uh, much of human existence is is contrary to to, to common sense. So mm -hmm. um, can can I ask? Because I, I know you're going to go on, on farther with this, and I have uh, notes specifically about what yeah. you mentioned. I'm not th letting, uh, don't want to make you think I just uh, blaze past what you just said here but um sure just to give the listeners kind of an idea uh, because i'm interested in the epistemology I'm, I'm interested in how you got to these these conclusions and how you validate the information that you that you present so the terrain theory let me let me make sure for the listeners because they they, they have been hesitant about germ theory but maybe don't know about terrain theory this is this idea right that it is less about what is coming into the body that we should be concerned with uh, and it is more about, or should be more about how the body itself as a vessel, as a terrain for whatever microbials are, are going out there are coming in, into our bodies and interact will affect us. Um, you, you talked about, uh, let's see, Hippocrates. I think I have a, uh, I think mm -hmm. I have a, a good, that's where the Hippocratic oath comes from, right? That's where they started. That's that it. Thing? That's it. He's that's the, cool. the great irony. 
Yeah, right? great father irony. Of, yeah, the father <laughs> of modern medicine, uh, ancient Greek, right? He says it is mm-hmm. more important to know what sort of person has a disease than to know what sort of a disease a person has. So let me just make mm-hmm. sure yes. that that we're understanding the terrain theory correctly. Is that is that my is, am I presenting it uh, in, in a good good light there? Yeah, I think that's accurate. And and I actually like to give a little illustration to help people really understand it. So if I have a lot of dogs in my yard and all they do is crap all over the place and I never clean it up, there's just poop all over. Like you can't walk in the yard. That's just the place where the dogs go to the bathroom and you go outside and you sit on your patio because you're not walking in the yard and there's flies everywhere. And you're just really annoyed at how many flies it's like, where are these flies coming from? Oh, they're so annoying. You get your fly swapper out and you're, you're, you can't take care of each one of them one by one by one. Well, naturally, what would you do if you really truly wanted to get rid of the fly population? You clean the yard, you clean the environment, right? The fly did not create that poop. The fly is just feeding on what's there, the garbage that was there. And then it attracts more and more and more until your environment is so completely overridden. You can't take care of it easily with a fly swapper. You have to go and clean up the environment. And that's where the homeostasis thing comes in, where you need to balance the body. So that little picture I like to draw for people so that they understand, you know, instead of germs and microbes and bacteria and all that kind of stuff. But the other, the other thing that you can think about it in this way too, is let's say you have a herd of deer and if the germ theory were correct, and it was the actual microbe that, that got on all of these deer that actually carried the disease, then it would stand to reason that all of them would die, not just a few of them. So if only a couple of them die, then how can we say that that was the disease that killed everybody? It's the environment that they're leaping onto. If the environment is dirtier than the other deer or they're weaker, um, you know, whatever the internal environment, or I call it pH, Um, whatever that looks like, that's what's going to determine whether somebody can fight it or whether it's going to overcome that particular person or animal. That makes a lot of sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the analogy lines lines up. I I see the direction in in which it's supposed to go there. Uh, Simple, simple question then, I'm sure that you've gotten before. How does washing your hands line up with this? I mean, you wash your hands, I'm sure. What do you think yes. is is being addressed uh, in that in that practice? Uh, a couple of things. I think what we have done is we have created a little bit of an issue where we're trying to kill germs because Western medicine or allopathic medicine is based on the foundation of the germ theory. So they think that the germ is the invader and it really is the state of the environment. Now, the environment isn't, the surface of my hands. It's inside my body. And that's where the pH balance comes in. Um, so I do wash my hands. Um, I'm a little bit of a princess. I don't like stuff on my hands. However, I don't overwash my hands. And I certainly don't put hand sanitizer on every 30 seconds. Um, so I think that we've overdone it in the last year. Uh, I, I definitely think that cleaning oneself is important. Um, as we saw even before that, uh, before the germ theory and terrain theory came into play where they were just throwing feces and urine into the streets and they didn't have any kind of a sewer system and people were getting sick. Back then they thought it was dirty air that they were breathing. And then that kind of developed again into terrain theory and um, germ theory. So I, I think that there is a balance to that too. Uh, you know, just like everybody might shower every day if you're sweating and whatnot, 
to uh, Ryan's point, if you stink, you kind of need to shower. But I would also argue that your internal state needs a little balancing if, because if you stink, you need zinc. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'll, That's I'll good. pause there. <laughs> yeah. True. Good, good truths always, always rhyme. So then let, let me, let me, let this clear in my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if this is too simplistic of a way to think about this. Do what we call germs exist in your mind? Or is saying that someone who doesn't believe in germ theory doesn't believe in germs? Is that me writing you off? Would that be a that be too simplistic? Help me understand that. How no, you, how I think yeah. actually. Um, so okay, this one's going to require a little bit of thought, but um, and it's going to cause some cognitive dissonance for a lot of people. I think um, you said it with your own words, but I just took it a little bit more literally, probably than you meant it. But germs are they only in your mind? Um, and I don't mean physically present and existing in the brain. I mean, do germs only exist because once we think they do, you know, think about people with OCD where it's like, oh, my hands are dirty. I got to go wash my hands again. And you didn't touch anything, you know, or if you take a Clorox wipe to pick up, you know, and I, I'm only saying this because I have a puppy right now. So if you take Clorox wipes and you pick up, you know, poop and you throw it in a garbage bag, do you need to go wash your hand because your hand was only touching the Clorox wipe? But some people are like, oh, I got to go wash my hands because I just touched poop. And it's like, well, no, you didn't. You had a, you had a, if you think Clorox wipes work to get rid of these so-called germs that are terrible for you, then do you really need to wash your hands? So I guess what I'm saying is how much of that is psychosomatic? How much of germs or the existence of germs is psychosomatic? Um, I would argue that germs truly only exist in the mind. And the reason I say that is because I absolutely believe that we have the power to heal ourselves or not be sick because we say we're not. And that ties into subconscious and superconscious and all of that. So subconscious mind is power without direction. It only does what you tell it to do. It, it does not know the difference between fact or fiction. So if you, and I've, I've tested this time and time again, works for me. So I could be smoking crack, but um, if I say, nope, I'm not sick, or I don't even address symptoms, like I don't speak it out. I don't name it and claim it as they say. I never say the word my in front of a symptom or my in front of a, a disease or a state of sickness. Um, you know, I, I don't speak like that. And so I do think a large portion of it is that I don't think it, I'm not saying that's hundred percent where I'm at, but it, it is something I've been ruminating a lot on how much of it really is in our mind, because I don't actually agree with germ theory. I actually agree and align with terrain theory. So it would stand to reason that if I keep my internal environment clean and I keep my vibration high, I'm going quantum on you now. If you keep your vibration high, the organs of your body, the cells of your body, the atoms of your body vibrate at such a high frequency that disease cannot exist. And so that's kind of the place that I ideally would like to help people get to because you don't, you don't have to have a disease. Genetics, a lot of people think is, you know, will determine whether you get something or not. I, I say, no, it's just a switch. So whatever's in your environment, or I'm going to even say whatever choices you make as an individual with regards to what you're putting in your body, um, you know, do you sleep with your phone on your face, you know, or do you, you know, just all the unhealthy choices that we make, how much of that are you kind of bringing upon yourself? So if we keep our environment clean, 
there's a very good chance you're never going to get that condition that, you know, your, your second generation of your mom on your mom's side got it just because mm. my grandma had breast cancer. I don't believe that means I'm going to get it. Now, now very interesting. How, how do you think about the people who still do? Cause I think, I think a lot of people who study the genomes of, uh, and, and the, the disease roots that stem from the apparent genome project is that they would, they would agree with you there, but what do you, what do you do? What, how do you think of the people who do end up getting that and who do happen to have that, that, that genome is that, cause I understand it could be a failure of them uh, attempting to get that vibration on that ideal level. Right. Is that what, is that how you account for those, what you might think of out, outstanding out, outliers? As far as how another person might have ended up with that condition or that disease? Well, well, because you mentioned it is a very good chance that just because, let's say, in your example, your grandmother had breast cancer, that you will have breast cancer. Um, That implies, I think, that some people whose grandmother does have breast cancer does get breast cancer. How how are you you, uh, accounting for that? Um, well, I guess, like I said, I don't think that just because my grandmother had it, that that means I'm going to, if I make bad choices or whatever the magic combination of choices are, that's how that particular disease state could show up in my body, because that is the genetic switch piece, right? That's the, the light switch kind of thing. If I keep the switch on the right side by keeping my body healthy, my temple clean, as they say, um, that act. Actually, so what we are is we are conductors. We have a lot of salt. There's a salt sodium balance or excuse me, sodium potassium balance in our body. There's uh, when I do pH testing, I actually look at the salts in the urine and the saliva um, because too much salt means that you've got, you're going to have damage to your heart because that's too much electricity going through the body, right? So it, it can potentially burn your heart out. So salt is good in balance and, you know, our, the water that our tears, our sweat, it is salt water. Um, so we are conductors of that electricity and we're conductors of light actually too. Uh, and that's another quantum thing. So I, I truly believe that if we can keep the switch shut off by keeping our temple clean and having that, um, and when that temple is clean and when by temple, I mean body, um, then we can have energy and stuff flow through us, but we're vibrating at such a rate that that disease does it that switch doesn't turn on like we keep the we keep the switch off if that makes sense sometimes it's hard to explain but yeah for sure well how about i don't know if you've seen any particular attempts to explain that i know that the homeopathic field is riddled with these what i would call excuses why these things have why these phenomena haven't been phenomena yeah phenomena haven't been recognized in peer-reviewed studies is because it takes a lot of money to run peer-reviewed studies uh, and to run these kind of controls, we talked about to, uh, Emily last week about the idea of, you know, double blind studies. Um, I, I, I know the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The, the effect, not the amoeba effect. What's it, what's it called, Ryan? The, uh, placebo. placebo effect. I know placebo that, I know it's a real thing. The double blind studies when crafted well, I think do a pretty good job of doing that. Are you, are you referencing you know, these kinds of studies to define what kind of treatment you go about to achieve, to let someone achieve those, those 
proper states of, of, of frequency. Uh, I'm wondering what, what, uh, because it's not the medical field that you lie back on as a, as an, as a, an authority, right. where, where are you going as an authority? Right. So, um, that's a great question. And it's, it's a fairly loaded question. And, um, <laughs> oh, I, I would tell yeah. you that, you know, I, I have my master's in health administration, so I have read plenty of peer-reviewed studies. Um, and I, you know, I was trained to read them, and I was trained to look at the data uh, for for the Western medicine world that I spend my day time in. Um, that's my day job. Uh, I will tell you that on the naturopathic side, though, I don't feel that the peer-reviewed studies are as important, and I'll tell you why. And I know that is like, ah, oh, I just, you know, it was like I just blasphemed right there. Um, I think that the Western medicine or allopathic community is, is so dare I say it, I'm gonna, guys, I'm gonna say it. I think they're a little brainwashed. However, (laughs) they deal in lab created drugs. Okay. I don't. So when we talk about, and I have, um, oh, I have my little mad scientist desk going on over here, but I have it written on this little card. Primum no, no ser. I don't know if that's backwards. Can you see that? Yes. Mm, There we go. Okay. Primum no, no ser. That's Hippocrates. First, do no harm. I find it very ironic that when Western medicine prescribes medications, it it is essentially like a Band-Aid on an artery bleed. What it's doing is it might address that topical symptom that you're coming in with right now, but eventually it's going to cause a lot more issues. And, And the example I use for that is I have a high school classmate I just recently did a health assessment on and a natural health assessment. And she is on her second liver transplant because of the drugs that she has to take. When we were discussing her water intake, she has to drink like a gallon of water every single day because her medication. And she was the one that said this, her medication was what was causing her to now have early stage kidney failure. So, and they will tell you, I mean, I'm looking at the vaccine inserts that I've got opened up right here too. And it tells you, um, when you shouldn't apply these, like don't give the flu vaccine if, you know, and it labels all of these things. Um, it, if it's causing more symptoms, then to me, that's not not causing harm. So going back, I truly don't cause harm. So here's, here's why. If I put somebody on, let's say I'll do a pH test on somebody, I have them pee in a cup and spit in a little cup. And I, I run a test. I get a series of numbers that tells me the state that their body is in. Um, Just drinking alkaline water is not going to change that, by the way. So please don't go out and buy alkaline water. That just freaks me out. Um, (laughs) People are like, oh, I'll just drink this 7.0 pH balanced Fiji water in it. You know, there was a serious issue with like a recall on alkaline water, too, where it was causing like hepatitis or something like some sort of liver failure. I don't know exactly what it was, but. Yeah, I mean, like, can't you just throw baking soda in water and it and it alkalinizes it or alkalizes it, whatever? If if the water is acidic and not truly alkaline, but you can just take those little pH strips and just test it before. But it's not the pH of the water that I'm concerned with. It's the Hmm. pH of your internal environment. So when I take that on a person and I say, oh, you're a little bit on the acidic side that and and how you can tell that is. after you eat a meal, here comes poop again. But after you eat a meal, do you immediately go make room for it? Or even before you eat a meal, do you immediately go and make room for it? Because it's like your brain just knows you're about to put more food in. So it's going to be efficient. And you're just pooping multiple times a day, all day long, you just clear straight out. 
that's, that's actually acidic. Some people are like, Oh, I'm just efficient. Nope. (laughs) Nope. You're actually acidic. Your gut doesn't have the time to pull in those nutrients that it needs to survive and thrive. So, um, I adjust that using calcium. There's different types of calcium that you can use. So depending on whether you are slower, like if you're more constipated, you are already alkaline and we need to speed you up a little bit. So another type of calcium, which is a mineral is going to kind of pull you towards balance. So then once I get you to the balanced state, then we say, okay, what's left now? Do you still have the symptoms or the issues that you were having? If yes, we know you're balanced internally now. And, and by the way, you cannot take vitamins or supplements if you are out of balance in any way, either alkaline or too acidic, because your body's not going to absorb it. Your body's not functioning properly. So you're just really, you have expensive pee is what is happening there. So until you get balanced, I wouldn't even bother, honestly. And, and it's really easy to do. Honestly, people can just see their pH themselves. Um, and, you know, calcium in and of itself is not going to kill people. So if all I did was say, okay, we're going to start with calcium. I don't have you on 54,000 things, right? Calcium is a naturally occurring mineral. We know that our body needs it in a variety of ways but there's different types of calcium to move that particular dial. So I only do one thing at a time and I watch the person I see because everybody is different. Everybody and everybody is different. So if I did a peer review study on a hundred different types of people that have nothing to do with me or the client that I'm sitting with, then that that's actually not going to prove to me that that particular thing is going to work for this person. So truly when I do an intake on somebody, Um, or just kind of listen to what they need, what their challenges are. I'm listening only on that person. And I don't really, I hate to say it, I don't really care what other people need or what other people have done because I'm working with this person and it is always going to be different. And then I only do one thing at a time. So it's not as instant gratification as Western medicine is. Um, I don't, I tell people, if you're not going to give me at least seven to 10 days to try something, I can't help you. And here's my two rules. Well, that was the first rule. If you cannot give this time and you expect an overnight response, I can't work with you. Number two, if you even tell me that you do not like water, we're done. I mean, I, I just <laughs> won't even talk to you. Like we're done right now because that that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. And I, and I hear it a lot actually in my, um, my health coaching clients that I have, <laughs> I how can I boring. make water more interesting to drink? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm like, come on, you're made up of mostly water. You got to figure this out. (laughs) So what is, if we're talking about like having a neutral pH, are you talking about like a pH of seven, which is in the middle of zero and 14, the, the acidity to, to alkaline levels or is it different? um, It's a slightly off of, it's like 7.1 to 8.5 ish is about where the alkaline scale is. So if you're in there, cause again, not everybody's going to hit seven sure. on the money. It, it's a, an established range where it's like right in the middle of that. Um, you've probably seen the acidity scale before. I mean, if you've taken a science class, you've probably done pH. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a very simple thing. And one quick note too, is I feel that people always think everything needs to be so complex, like Western medicine, you go in and, Oh, you're going to have to go get blood taken. We're going to have to analyze it, send it in to have 45 labs. We're going to need to take a stool sample and a pee sample and all this kind of stuff. Then we're going to have to run all these tests. Um, it's, it doesn't always have to be that simple, but I will tell you this, I don't deal in diagnoses and I don't talk about 
curing people. I don't talk about diseases. If somebody comes in and says, my doctor said I have the C word, I never say that word to them because to me, that's not, I'm not going to diagnose them. But when they tell me what's going on in their body, I addressed root causes. Um, I don't look at symptoms so they can tell me what's troubling them. And I dig to get the root to the root of that. And that's what I address. So the first person I ever helped and I knew nothing guys, I, I really, and this was, my son um, was very, very little. I was just starting to look into natural health and I was managing, um, well, city court. I was the court administrator at the time. And I had one of my union employees come in to me and she looked so distraught. She was in her sixties. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to take some time off and I'm really sick. And they, they're sending me to the Mayo clinic. They want to cut out three quarters of my liver. And she didn't really say too much to me. Um, she never said the C word though. Um, and so I just said, you know, have you ever, have you ever tried essential oils at all? Or are you willing to try anything alternative? And she's like, I'll try anything. And she just had this sweet desperation to her that broke my heart. She had grandkids. And all I wanted to do was just love on this lady and help her. And by the way, you, you know, a lot of times people will go, oh, liver, you need milk thistle. Um, she was already taking milk thistle because her daughter-in-law was into natural things. And I don't start at milk thistle, actually. I do not start at milk thistle because that could potentially start a detoxification of the liver. And if you haven't cleaned out that gut, you're just going to cause a lot of toxins to flood your gut. And then you've got some serious issues once it gets into the gut. So there is a mm. very specific way to do that. So I just wanted to say that as an aside. But um, actually, I had her put um, lemongrass essential oil on the liver spot on her right hand because your liver's on your right side. So there is a map of the body. They're called Vitaflex points. And you can, because of the size of the pores in your hands and your feet, you can put essential oil on that particular spot. That is the liver indication. And those essential oil molecules actually go to your liver and start working. And um, so I had her start there. Then she was taking some orange oil in capsules um, every single day. And all of the things that that we kind of worked out for her recipe, let's say, uh, she was spending less than a hundred dollars a month to do it. And in five months, she actually was cured. There was no Mayo Clinic. There was no cutting out three quarters of her liver. Wow. And you know, if I didn't actually live through that with her, I might be a little bit more skeptical, but I was with her. I knew nothing. And the only thing I knew was that these oils were a hundred percent pure. I knew that the company literally owned the farmland where they grew their own crop got that um, oil into the bottle and controlled the entire process. There was no ordering of oils or crops from China. There, um, there was multiple testing done along the way. So I knew that that company had really great practices. So um, I hate to say it, but early on, my faith and trust was in that particular company. Well, um, five months after she came to me, her doctor declared that her liver and her kidneys were functioning beyond perfect. She tried to tell him three different times in the course of those five months, oh, I'm doing this essential oil thing. And he's like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And he just kept dismissing it. And every time she came back and she said, well, they delayed it again. And I said, good, we've got a couple more weeks. When's your next test? You know, and it was like two weeks at a time and she'd come in and I'm like, okay, how's it going? And, you know, and we would just kind of check in. And then every time she had an appointment, boom, 
they said they said to her at one point like about halfway through they said uh this hasn't encapsulated yet and it's freaking us out like why hasn't this encapsulated they made her do an mri and a ct scan and they they ran her through the gamut because they just didn't understand what was happening it's like they there. want her to be so, sick at um, that point too you know what i mean like why aren't you oh, why, why can't we do this surgery yet i need a yacht or whatever you know what i mean it's just crazy yeah yeah a hundred percent. And so that, okay. So when that is literally your first experience in a natural healing kind of situation, uh, ain't nobody can take that away from you. And so that pretty much bought me in right then and there. And so I, I hope I'm answering your question, Brandon, because I, I don't really feel like I need to rely on peer reviewed studies. And the other reason why is because they lie to us all the time. So if human, human beings are fallible, and we have seen multiple situations where they have had to retract articles for fraudulent reporting um, or straight up lying, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, why would I put all of my faith in peer reviewed studies? I don't know who's behind them. I don't personally know that those people have integrity. I don't, you know, they say it goes through the series of people and it takes 5,000 people to approve it, whatever, and multiple authors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm watching this soap opera play out in my very, before my very own eyes with Mr. Fauci at the lead. And he hasn't told the <laughs> truth once and he has no problem going in front of cameras and the public and straight up lying to people. If you don't trust that, watch a Judy Mikovits film <laughs> or a video. And the one that I saw where I'm um, getting back to the pine thing uh, that she was talking about Suriman being the poor, that's, that's an element you can find in pine. Um, that is the antidote, she said. And she goes into the whole explanation of why. But to me, y'all done lied to me. So why do I trust your peer review studies, number one? I want to see before my very own eyes whether it's going to work. And I know that the modalities that I use, they, they truly don't cause harm because they're naturally occurring in the earth. I do check and see if people have allergies. Um, I I muscle test people. Uh, if you're not familiar with what that is, basically that's where uh, you can hold, let's say, and you don't always have to hold the actual supplement bottle, but like if I give them calcium, I have them hold the bottle to their chest and I stand on the side of their body and I just ask their body. Like I, I tell, I tell them, don't respond to me. Your body's going to do the talking. So they just stand there holding that to their chest. And I say, does so-and-so need this calcium? their body's going to either sway forward or sway backward very slightly. And, and however that works, if they go forward, their body needs it. If they go backward, their body's saying, no, I don't need it. That's and, from, crazy. and your body does not lie. Your body, it's very cool. It's very cool. And you can, you can see that um, there's times where people will demonstrate muscle testing where they have you put your arm out and they push down on your arm and, and you can resist people. Right. And so when they say your name for me, they would say your name is Shannon and I could hold them because that's true. The second that they say your name is Linda, my arm will drop. And I, and no matter how hard I try to resist them and I've had it performed on me before, you can't resist it when it's a lie, your body knows, and it will not be able to withstand that. So um, I muscle hmm. test people too. And the other thing is, is Anything that I give them, I, I feel confident it's not going to counteract any medications that they have, but um, it's, it starts out very low. And then, you know, you could even muscle test um, 
the amount that they need as well. And that's getting really into it. But, um, you know, you don't start them out on so much that they're going to get sick right away. You do not want to start a healing crisis and that can happen too. You do not want to overload somebody all, especially a super toxic person. You just start basic and proceed with caution. So, so did that answer your question? Yeah, 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 it, it, it did. I think in, in homeopathy in general, there's, in addition to the physics and chemistry of the body, there's this idea of vitalism, right? That there's something vital to the phenomenon of life that is outside of physical and chemical forces. Um, what for mm-hmm. you, Shannon, and I, I do intend to get into your, uh, your, your larger worldview here, um, because I tell you, sure. that's, that's what I'm more interested in, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. what is that vital, what is that vitality thing? A lot of people call it the soul. I don't know if you call it a soul. Some people call it someone's inner drive destiny. What, how, how do you look at it when you say that these pine, this pine needle tea, which for sure, even Western medicine will agree with you and Western history will say, yeah, this shit is the stuff for scurvy, like in the same way that mm-hmm. oranges are, right? Um, what, is, mm-hmm. what is the extra bit that is being performed by remedies and therapies like this pine needle tea that's not just speaking to the body as a physical and chemical thing, but something, something on top of that? What is being spoken to uh, with this therapy on top of just the physical and chemical forces? I love this question. I really love this question. Um, oh, you guys have such great questions. So I actually am very spiritual and I believe there is a spirit and a soul and the carnal body. Um, and that, that coincides with what I believe to be our conscious, which is the carnal, our subconscious, which is the soul and our super conscious, which is that divine connection. Uh, the pineal gland that resides deep within our brain there is sort of our receiver or our antenna for that. And um, what what's going on in our world right now is working towards calcifying that or hardening that. And, and so um, that is one of the ways that the one of the things I think we need to really focus on is keeping that clear. And I call it fresh, um, keeping my pineal gland fresh and not calcified, because I think once you lose that, you're going to lose connection. However, um, when I give somebody, let's say the oil from a plant to help with whatever it is um, that they've got going on, I, the, the oil of a plant is actually the plant's lifeblood. And it has a lot to do with photosynthesis, photosynthesis. Whoa, wow. I'm going to take a drink really quick and try you. that word again. Well, you know, while you're, while you're talking about this, um, since you're drinking, I, want, I wanted to say something really quick about what you were saying about, you know, all these people lying, um, the peer reviewed studies, you know, I've probably said this like nine out of the last 10 episodes that we've done, but it blew me away when I found out that Rockefeller, um, the the oil magnet, changed the medicine industry. You know what I mean? He took all of these yeah. natural yes. things that, that we call witchcraft and stuff today, um, you know, took mm-hmm. all of those things and made those old fashioned. And then he's making money in a 360 degree way. He's he's taking oil products, creating uh, petrochemicals. Um, which caused cancer. Mm-hmm. And then he's making money off of the cancer treatments. Right. And then when he also yeah. hijacked the school system, especially medical school, I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, schools on all levels. I know China is really getting involved with that, with the Confucius program and stuff like that. Um, we have this, you know, idea where Rockefeller is 
influencing the way that people are learning. So all of these people that graduate from Harvard or, you know, what are the other big medical schools like Johns Hopkins, um, Sloan Kettering, is that one too? I, the only reason I know that is from Step Brothers. Yeah. But they they talk about all of these 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 guys all agree on the same thing, right? And it's not necessarily that they're bad. They may be, but they're all taught this. And and so that's why, you know, the peer-reviewed thing doesn't right. hold up for me. You even have right now, you have Fauci um, having to backtrack on the uh, Wuhan origination of this virus, right? He's totally walking that back now. And you're not seeing yep. that on mainstream media, yep. but it's a fact. You can see him actually doing this. Um, you know, in, in uh, you know, meetings with Congress and things like that. So I find it interesting that um, and, and Brandon, I'm, I'm curious to see if you still trust Fauci after he's lied. I mean, he's caught he's been caught just in this last year lying over 100 times, literally. I mean, I, I'd be I'd love mm -hmm. if someone made a video um, where he has said one thing one time deliberately and insisted that it was true and then totally just walked it back or just completely flip flopped. And I'm not judging if someone does trust Fauci, um, I think it's stupid at this point. It really is because like, if you look into like the going back to the eighties and before that Fauci was he, the way he got his really got his claim to fame was pushing a drug that was too dangerous. I think for cancer patients even to try to, I think it was AZT, maybe something like that. And they were, they were pushing this yep. on yep. AIDS patients and the NIH was yes. going bankrupt before he did that. And that got the NIH back in the black. So if if you can't realize that this dude is all about money, I mean, Carrie Mullis said this, you know, the inventor, the Nobel Peace Prize winner in chemistry for inventing the PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction test, that thing where they shove the Q-tip to your brain, um, break that blood brain barrier on some occasions. It's 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 insane mm -hmm. that that, you know, this guy goes up missing to Carrie Mullis or dies, actually. And, you know, why why yep. is it so difficult for people to see that maybe this dude is just up there legitimately saying things to cover his back, to cover his friend's back? And then when you find out his wife's connection to Moderna, which was the first vaccine to really get, like, cleared. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Conflict mm -hmm. of interest galore right there. But, um, Brandon, I just wanted to, to hear your thoughts on that real quick and then uh, get back to Shannon here. Yeah, so this will seem disingenuous because a good majority of our listeners don't agree with me on a whole bunch of definitions and uh, um, how we l look back on certain episodes of history. But Ryan, you know that not I, but many more people just to the left of me and just a little bit more, I would say, shallow than me are saying mm -hmm. the same exact we're saying the same exact thing about Trump throughout a, a majority of this. And Trump is the uh, person who kickstarted this, this yeah, warp speed with warp, DARPA, this, yeah. this warp speed. So in the same way that you can justify uh, a vote for 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 President Trump, I know you've had, a, as you as you call it, a, a falling falling out about uh, with yeah. him um, in, the, in that same way, many of the same thought streams that you use, I think I use in order because we just don't know these people because we're getting information about them through very particular uh, information strains through gatekeepers who have different ideas about the world, the way the world should work. This ties exactly into the Western medicine information stream that, 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 that Shane is talking about. I, yeah. I, this, this is the commonality in these disagreements is where I think there's a, a, a chance to flower some, some common 
some, common ground yeah some common well, ground the, yeah you said it really well right there too like like i i can admit that i was wrong about trump right but i feel like a lot of people that want to support fauci they just they hate to admit that they're wrong about it you know what i mean because it's not necessarily you I, you know i know that you're yeah. laughing but it's not necessarily you it's a lot of people it's a yeah. lot of people out there that are saying so, no i i they want to be right instead of do right right yeah. like that's like the, my favorite way of putting that is yeah, dude, uh, Trump, I liked the the America first idea, right? I would still be, you know, more excited to see him in than Biden. I'm very excited to see what goes on with these audits. But um, I'm not going to vote for the guy if he runs in 2024. Um, I'll probably vote third party. I don't know who I would vote for, honestly. Um, I'd like to see like a DeSantis or like Rand Paul or someone like that run. But um, yeah, dude, I, I was so, a big Trump fan, but I can admit that I was a little bit wrong about that for sure. So, so you you there mentioned a, a measurement that I think is very important, and I, I, I don't blame people for going to that, but you in that description of people that don't just don't want to see themselves be wrong, completely agree with that. Completely agree that liberals are less well-informed, <laughs> according to popular polls, um, about the reality of COVID-19 than even the skeptics. Well, also the cop on black crimes too. I mean, if you go and you ask like a liberal, Absolutely. they're going to think that more, like yeah. they're, they're very miseducated when it Absolutely. comes to, when it comes to a lot of events, dude, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. But, but, but I would, I, because part of my project here is not representing those people who have a bad understanding of yeah. phenomena, but come to the same conclusion as someone who agrees. That is the, that's, that's what I'm particular, especially trying not to do. And yeah, yeah. When, when the other side who is pointing to those people who I also don't agree with, I don't want to have to be defending them. It, it would be just as disingenuous as me addressing you, Ryan, about having read the communist manifesto, which I wonder if you have, or I have not, <laughs> or, or, or I know it's very short though. <laughs> it's very, ex it. <laughs> extremely short and easily digestible or Shannon for have read reading every single peer reviewed study that she's ever talked that, that, that relates to any cure. Like how fucking disingenuous would that be? That is yeah. the, that, that is the way that although you present a good case here, Ryan, uh, and, and then Shannon, cause I'm going to about to move on to you. Although you present those in a good case, there's something deeper about the, the, the types of information that we pull from the authorities that we lean back on against that. I think, um, explain a lot of our, our, our differences here. Just kind of jumping back to that pine needle tea thing. I wanted really to get this information out, um, to everyone. Um, is there a specific, like if I wanted to go out and just like cut pine needles, off of the tree in my backyard, which I do have one. Um, is that different? Is there anything that I need to worry about? I've heard that there's different breeds of these trees term where they can actually be toxic. Is there any risk to go and harvesting this yourself? Yes, there is. Great question. So you need to know your trees. Not all pine tree needles are suitable for tea. So the U pine, that's Y-E-W, U pine, Cypress and ponderosa pine, which is actually the state tree of Montana, um, are not the kind you want to use, first of oh. all. Um, there's You can actually buy them from places who know how to source them uh, responsibly and organically. That's the other really important piece is if they're near anywhere where they spray Roundup, which is glyphosate, um, yeah. you do not want those pine needles. However, I'm going to let you in on another little secret. So I was talking at first about pine oil. 
So as long as the pine oil that you're using, because that's the lifeblood of the plant and it mm -hmm. is actually steam distilled, um, you're extracting exactly what the constituent is that it has the healing property to it. So that ceramin that I was talking about, mm -hmm. that is a multifunctional molecule that uh, is applied to cancer, parasitic and viral diseases, snake bites, autism, um, and it's the extract of the pine needle oil. So that is all like in natural pine. So um, it, wow. if you do wish to harvest the needles and you're uh, steeping it in tree or excuse me, in tea format. Um, let me tell you this. It takes only one to two drops of essential oil to equal one to two pounds of the actual herb or the needle. So, oh, so um, you can drink the essential oil. You Yes, you can. Oh. Um, and cool. again, you have to make sure you know which pine tree that that oil comes from, especially, but you can put a couple of drops in a capsule. And I actually have a little bit of a, I call it the flu bomb. I don't know that the FDA really likes it when I say that, but um, <laughs> whenever there are symptoms that are feeling like you're kind of leaning towards the influenza A, which um, by the way, where did that go? Um, yeah, I was going to say that, you know, the flu is gone. So I yeah. mean, uh, we need to find... It turns out that uh, everybody staying in their house and wearing masks actually work. Just, just to answer your question about that, guys. Well, COVID, COVID <laughs> is uh, killing a lot of people supposedly, so that's interesting. Well, but I, yeah, we either renamed it or you know they just didn't release it for the year. I don't know, but um, I'll go with the honestly, former. whenever you're getting those kinds of symptoms, fever, chills, you know, and we already talked about how the Native Americans used it for coughs and fevers and colds and things. It is a respiratory oil. It opens the respiratory up. So that's that's kind of what you need to really focus on more than anything. Um, so you can put a couple of drops in a capsule and take that. I actually have a mixture that I take, but it's antibacterial as well. So if you're starting to get some form of a virus or like a GI bug um, where you're puking all the time, you, you know, that could help d dissolve whatever is causing that, you know, that particular issue. You can mix it. You could take it by itself. You could honestly put it in the, the hot water. Um, it won't break down the oil, but I don't know that it's going to taste so great. Um, that's the other thing. It may not taste pleasant to you. And not a lot of natural remedies are awesome tasting. Um, yeah. My kids always kind of run the other direction when I say the word elderberry syrup. But, <laughs> but you know, hey, it gets the job done. So it, it's a lot better than lab-created meds because it's organic, just like our bodies are. So it's, it's got high vitamin C and vitamin A. So you're really getting a lot of stuff in there that's going to be beneficial. And according to Dr. Judy Mikovits, that is the antidote. So ceramin um, inhibits the components of excessive coagulation cascade and, it, and against the inappropriate replication and modification of RNA and DNA. So that is exactly what the COVID vaccine is doing. The blood clots and all of that, ceramin works opposite to that. So um, excessive coagulation is like blood clots, mini clots, brain embolisms, which are strokes, heart attacks, pulmonary embolisms, which is in your lung, um, heavy menstrual cycles in women. Does that sound familiar? I mean, that's people are talking about that stuff. Yeah. Um, and heavy bruising even. So when you have ceramin as an isolated extract, uh, pine needle tea, which is hot water extract of the pine, fir, cedar, spruce needles, the pine oil is derived from the needles through the essential oil steam distillation process. And all of those things are, are derived from the properties of those particular conifer needles. So I'm going to say those again. 
their fir, cedar, and spruce needles are okay. Fir is F-I-R? So, uh, fir, uh, yes, F-I-R. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. And then not to beat a dead horse here, but, um, you know, I have the, again, this, this, um, Pfizer fact sheet, or as, uh, Shannon so accurately put it, the talking points, just want to read the symptoms really quick, especially for Brandon. Okay. Guys, if you can't tell by now, uh, Shannon has a real good sense of what she's talking about. She's a real expert in her own field. Uh, we had a great chemistry with her, a great conversation. Uh, hit us up on the Patreon if you guys want to hear this full episode. It's only $3 a month, guys. Visit us at patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. You get access to all of our full episodes. So hope to see you there.